Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. Before we get started, uh, we've got a couple things in the mailbag. First, a voicemail, again from our friend Spencer. Hey, Greg and other TNBP fans, this is Spencer. I'm still getting caught up to the to, to modern day episodes. Um, what, I just listened to the Asbury Park episode today. Uh, I love this song. I love how strange... It is the lyrics, the rhythms, the the music, um, and I just wanted to one little thing to point out is uh, I really like how at least in one version uh, that I've heard he gets real real screechy. He gets so so high. He's just screeching those words, and I always just appreciated how how loud and high uh, they had to go on that one. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun, strange song, and I love it. Um, and uh, if anybody is curious, uh, Greg has been so kind to mention my podcast, The Dictionary, a couple of times uh, recently. And um, if anybody is curious, an update is that I have crossed episode 1400, and uh, I'm still in the Ds. I'm halfway through the Ds, and uh, the letter E is uh, is coming up at the uh, at the end of uh, 2023. If anybody is curious, go check out me, read The Dictionary, sometimes with guests, and it's a whole lot of fun and silliness and education. Okay, that's it. Bye. High and screechy. Nothing rocks more than some screeching. Right? Thanks for calling in, Spencer. Uh, Anyone can call at 224-801-2930. And now we've got a email from our friend Ben Bird about Undine. Uh, Ben says... Just listen to Andine. Great episode, and thanks for introducing me to a song I hadn't heard before. I don't know why Flans wasn't pleased with Andine. It's a perfectly cromulent song. Keep up the great work, Ben. And all I have to say to that is that Andine is the noblest song that embiggens the smallest fan. Our email is this might be a pod at gmail if you'd like to write us. And also about Andine, one quick um, addition, I guess I would say. Uh, so after I had edited the episode, I realized that there is another Dial-A-Song version of Dean. We had listened to the one off of Power of Dial-A-Song 2, and I did not realize there was also one on Power of Dial-A-Song 1. So uh, since I didn't last time, I'll let you check out a little bit of that right now. Dean, you want behind was an unloaded gun and my face is blushing from all the things she's done you couldn't miss that girl cause here she comes on team back up run over my back 
Time to get on to this week's episode. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with first-time guest Tim Shoppa to talk about the song Lord Snowden off of Book. Here we go. I'm on the outside looking out All these faces, it's a museum Dummies, models, heavy sleepers Our time is over, we're all sorry Lord Snowden reporting for service Ashtrays and busy lines Silent days, always with Tim, hi. Howdy, Greg. Uh, good, good to meet you by video here. Yeah, man. We've been talking for a while. So, were you, you were you on the spreadsheet for uh, for a year? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it it, it may have been almost a year. I feel like yeah, because I've been putting down dates that people uh, signed up for them, and I think okay, close, but not quite. April twenty fifth of last year was when you got on the spreadsheet for Lord Snowden. So it has been a minute, but you didn't have to wait as long as some <laughs> as long as some have. Um, I, I, I got a little <laughs> impatient when some other people got two or three slots while I was waiting for mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there weren't guests that were on multiple times since you got on there. I mean, there's uh, in the first year of the podcast, there were people that were on like multiple times in the year, but now... People, I mean, even like Abby, who was just on the on on the episode, like she hadn't been on for a year and a half, and she's like, uh, "All right, I, I may have been exaggerating." The pod, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad to have you. Um, you look like you got you, you got a bit of a basement workshop there. What am I? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's there? that that's 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 my basement workshop. Well, there's not much uh, more you can see here. Well, I used to be in into photography. There's still a uh, photographic enlarger over on that bench. You know, I haven't used it in 20 years. whole bunch of electronic stuff. Um, the desk here is actually dominated by my ham radios and uh, 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 my best buddy's ham radio. We we're operating multi-two in a ham radio contest uh, wow. this past weekend and this coming weekend. Wow. They still have ham radio contests? Yeah, they, they certainly do. It's more, popula- more popular than ever. Wow. Nice. It, all, <laughs> it just makes me, everything goes back to The Simpsons with me. Simpsons or a song of some sort, and I just remember like, there. What is it? I don't even remember what language it's in, but there's like a ham radio over in the corner, and someone says something in this other language, and the translation is just, "I have a ham radio." <laughs> yeah, that 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 may be um, that that may be a more complete conversation than most of my contacts on the air. Yes. <laughs> nice. Hold on, where where are you? Where are you located at? Um, I'm in Bethesda, Maryland, and I've been working in Washington, D.C. for about a quarter century now. What uh, What do you do? 
Um, I work for the Washington, D.C. Metro. Uh, I work in their uh, 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 control center. Um, I, I help maintain the computer uh, and hook it up to all the different parts of the railroad and the different other computer systems that, that, that are related. Sounds complicated. Um, I enjoy the job greatly. Yeah, nice. And, and, uh, no matter how complicated it gets. And uh, do you get to spin some tunes while you're working? Do you get to listen oh, to some Team BG on the clock? Um, uh, th- that may occasionally happen. Uh, I can tell you that it's been on in the car since I became a fan in the 90s, in, in 1990. 1990. Or, or, or so earlier. Let's hear the full fandom story. So uh, earlier than 90, are you a pre-flood fan? I- I'm a little bit a pre-flood fan. Um, uh, I first became aware of They Might Be Giants in 1986. I went to college uh, at the University of Iowa. Um, I think you went nice. to Augustana, which was uh, uh, not too far away. Yep. Um, I spent a good amount of time in Iowa City. One of my best friends, Brandon, went uh, there, and we went to shows quite a bit at Gabe's Oasis. Was Gabe's Oasis there when you were there? Gabe's Oasis was certainly there, yes. Yeah, and I know it's still going. I remember checking up on it fairly recently. That's a, it's an institution over there. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote college radio. Uh, there was the college radio station, and uh, Don't Let Starts was playing on there starting in 1986, which is when I started college. Nice, nice, nice. And so when did you, uh, you know, purchase, make your first, you know, full dive into the pool what was your first purchase team um, i purchase? think i bought the pink album circa 1988 um and you know uh, 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 there there wasn't a lot of information <laughs> I, I mean somebody who becomes a fan today has, has a lot of information at their fingertips at that point i was just completely mystified and uh i had to listen to over and over again trying to figure out what is this were you watching um, them on MTV? Did you have MTV? Uh, no, no, um, I, I'm sure that I could have watched MTV in the, on the dorm TV, uh, but 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 I listened to the radio and didn't watch MTV. Yeah, so I mean, you're looking at the a drawing of them, you know, when you got on the, the pink album, right? Uh, yes, right? They, <laughs> that that explains nothing. <laughs> I guess. Well, it has their faces. Uh, I don't. I don't know if mine's a first pressing of the the LP, but doesn't it have one of their faces on each of the. The label on the on the vinyl. I I have to admit it wasn't a uh, uh, that may be the case. I was I actually had the CD. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, it was it was one of my first CDs, in fact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was probably cost you like twenty bucks or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, so the going rate for a CD was sixteen, seventeen dollars. Yeah, and you had it in like the long, which was uh, a lot of money back then. The yeah, long I, I'm sure case. it came in the long. <laughs> I'm sure it came in the long box. Um, yeah. I did not collect long boxes, but I had a roommate who collected long boxes, huh. um, and he kept all. Of, he may still have them, for all I know. Um, and, and if not in the long box, the stores would put it in the plastic. Uh, <laughs> The plastic lock the thing. So that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's the same height as a regular album. Yes, We have a store in town that still does that. They still put them in those. <laughs> it's crazy. They're just so old school. They're just holding on to that bit. I, I think it's probably just because the shelving that they have there is so deep <laughs> that they, to have it peek up above the the 
deep well of this this shelving they have to put the plastic on it um, yeah uh, um, th there are a couple long boxes i regret no longer having um i don't remember anything about the the pink album long box but the yeah. um, um um i bought uh, one of my early cd pur purchases was uh, the beatles sergeant pepper in a long box and that was a pretty intricate long box but i mm. kept none of my long boxes yeah i don't know if i've seen that yeah mm. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard, you know, whenever you make a move or something like that and you're you're boxing up everything. I mean, those those things would get smashed pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I was completely captivated by They Might Be Giants. I could not figure out what they were about. Um, they weren't quite a parody band in the same sense that Weird Al commonly was thought of back in the 80s. Um, at the same time, they freely quoted and, 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 and uh, obscurely referenced all kinds of stuff. And I wasn't sure what it was, but I just needed more and I needed more and I needed more. Um, and, 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 and I became totally hooked uh, uh, in 1990 with Flood. And did you get to see them live at all in those earlier days? Uh, uh, no, I did not. Uh, uh, um, I looked at some of the, you can, I can go to, they might, this might be a wiki and look up all their shows. They played in Iowa City a couple time in, times in the 80s, but I had no opportunity. Uh, in the 90s, I still bought most of their CDs, um, and I never managed to make it to a show. In fact, it wasn't until uh, almost 10 years ago that I made my first show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what what tour would have that been on? You know, what, uh, I think that might have been the Nanobots tour. Nanobots tour, or, or join us, or something like that. So, were you a, f a fan through and through, all the way through? You said you you bought most of their CDs. Was there any? Because I mean, you've been a you've been a fan a long time, and we grow up, and we our tastes change sometimes. I think I, I mostly remained a fan. Uh, uh, um, I bought the, the um, for example, I bought Why Does the Sunshine as, uh, as the single, the CD single or mm -hmm. EP or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that was great. Um, then then uh, John Henry. Um, and then after that, I think I probably got a little bit less connected. Um, I probably less religiously went to the music store to look for their next releases. Right. Um, the, uh, 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 it wasn't until I had kids um, um, my, my, uh, oldest was born in 98. So, and my, uh, uh, and, and then I had two more. Um, so, and, and at that point, I think I heard a NPR interview with them about, uh, no, when no was released. And, uh, I knew I had to buy no for the kids and for me, uh, and the kids loved it. I loved it. We listened to it incessantly. <laughs> um, what year was no, was that like 2003, 2002, Two thousand two, yes, uh, and and so it was that sort of uh, hearing the two Johns being interviewed by NPR for no was that that was the, like the first time anybody ever explained what the band was or who was in it because <laughs> everything else I had before then was only just what I could uh, absorb from the CDs. Yeah, so even a guy who I mean, it seemed like you're a little techie, or maybe it's your maybe you have a different kind of tech, but were you not a part of the you know the the music groups and like bulletin boards and stuff like that that we're going. Uh, on you, I, I am I'm 100 certain that we can dig up some posts of mine made in the 1990s to alt.music.tmbg on Usenet. Um, at, at which point I was already kind of one of the old timers. Um, I remember <laughs> one particular discussion that I felt very strongly about. Um, everybody there was uh, absolutely convinced that um, um, I found out she's an angel. They were absolutely convinced in the 90s that that was about Terry McAuliffe. 
who huh. uh, had had passed away on the space shuttle flight. Hmm. Anyway, interesting uh, uh, theory. Yeah. Of course, I knew that it was just more generically a reference yeah. to every angel pop song that had been written right. from 1940 through 19, you know, <laughs> 1986 when they published it. Was Terry McCullough, was, was she the kindergarten teacher that went up on that flight? She was the teacher. I, yeah. I don't know that she was a kindergarten teacher, but she was the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. A, 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 anyway, I'm 100% sure that I can find you a, a, a post of okay. me arguing that and probably some other esoteric things related to Pink Album and maybe Flood so in the you, 90s. You must have gleaned some information. Glean, see what I did there? You must no, have gleaned I, some information about the band off of there, no? Almost almost none. Uh, you know, we knew very little about the... <laughs> most of us were... Uh, I think most of us just had the CDs. And yeah. we were trying to figure out what the CDs were about, trying to figure out what the songs are about. I think we had very little, or at least I never really got anything about the Johns. Like I said, that NPR interview with them in 2002 about, no, that was that that was how I, I figured out, you know, oh, that's what they might be giants is. <laughs> right. so, so the kids' albums kind of re-sparked your interest in the band? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so I, uh, we got Here Come Science, Here Come the ABCs. Tell you the truth, by here, the time Here Come the ABCs and Here Come the One, Two, Threes came out, I think the kids had kind of outgrown that stuff. But I bought them, of course. In fact, yeah. I was just watching Here Come the the ABCs. Uh, I was just I just had that on the DVD player earlier this week. Nice. Yeah, kids grow out of stuff so so quickly. I mean, as soon as you're like, oh, this is their favorite show, they're like, nah, I'm over that now. <laughs> just on, on to the next thing. Yeah. So you recently had a, a, a TMBG encounter. That, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. So, yes. so, so, um, I've been going to most of the DC, most or all of the DC Baltimore area shows since I figured out how to, you know, find the schedules and make my way to them in 2013. Um, but I've also been visiting some further away shows. Mm. Um, my oldest daughter and one of her friends came with me to the uh, New Year's Eve, Eve show in Philly at TLA. Um, that was a year or two before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that New Year's Eve shows were things that were worth an effort. So I made an effort and went to the New Year's Eve show in New Haven. Yeah, just this year, right? And, and I get to hang out with all the front 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 of the front of the crowd regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a that's a great privilege to soak up what what they know. God, I'm just seeing that all their pictures are like, who's here at the show? I'm like, God damn it, Midwest. I mean, we're like once every couple of years, if if we're lucky to be you know within striking distance of me. But uh, March 26th, finally going to be making it happen for the first time in three. Uh, no. I like Fun Tours 2018. Oh, boy. Holy shit. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, well, uh, 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 you know, I saw them in D.C. Uh, four times in, the, uh, this, uh, in December. Um, I had bought the tickets years before, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, and, but all their D.C. shows, and they were kind of spread out at the time, but all their D.C. Baltimore shows uh, lined up. Anyway, we were talking <laughs> about New Haven. I made an effort to get up to New Haven. Uh, um, um, unusually, I, you know, got a hotel room uh, because I knew that I wouldn't be able to get an Amtrak train back um, after the end of the show. 
you know, the show by definition has to end after midnight. So I knew I could never uh, <laughs> uh, catch damn track came back. So I, I arranged to get a hotel. And uh, so so um, after the show, which was huge, of course, um, I'm still picking pieces of confetti off of out of my clothing and some other every, every crevice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You saw that post. <laughs> um, uh, so 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 it, the show was huge. The crowd was great. The front. You know, uh, being in the crowd, it's it's a great crowd to hang out with. Um, anyway, I, I went back to my hotel room, woke up in the morning. I knew I had a train to catch. I had to eat breakfast somewhere. Uh, and New Haven on New Year's uh, New Year's Eve was kind of a spotty thing. Um, not all the shops were open. Um, it's kind of a college town. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, oh, I, oh, I can eat breakfast at the hotel. That's right. So I walk up, I go up to the top floor of the hotel, which is uh, where they have their breakfast buffet. And the I, I, I get off the elevator, I turn left, and John Linnell is sitting there. <laughs> That's wild. So you guys could have been partying in the hotel at the after show party. Well, that might be. Um, in, 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 in any event, John Linnell locks eye with, with me. I'm sure I locked big eyes with him. And I kind of realized, oh, that's that's Sean Linnell. I think he might have recognized me since I'd been to so many DC shows in December. Oh, I'm one of the the, the front row freaks. Um, uh, and and and, and uh, um, the 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 server sits us uh, sits me down. Um, John was the only one there, and I chose a seat a couple away from him. I told him, "Nice show," and he kind of, you know. You know, he sort of visually acknowledged me by glaring at me. <laughs> didn't say anything? He didn't say anything, no. So wait, you guys were the only two people in there at the time? That's correct. Oh, and, that's we were the only, only two people there. We, we were the only two people up for any reason at at <laughs> at, 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 at 7 a.m. the morning after New, after New Year's, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's wild. And, <laughs> and Linnell for just being such... I mean, I don't know if I'd call him awkward, but you know, he's 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 definitely the introverted type. Well, um, to be he, there with someone you know, like just the, <laughs> the only other person in the room recognizes you, and like they know you, but you don't really know you don't know them. It's just <laughs> it's so weird for him. It, 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 it was awkward. First of all, I you know, so so I sort of had to establish that no, I did not follow you up here just so I could be with you, John Linnell. <laughs> I happened to be staying at the hotel, so I had to sort of establish that talking to the server and make sure that he was listening to that. Um, I told John Linnell, you know, nice show. Gave him a big thumb up, thumbs up while I was sitting down. I also tried to sort of, you know, give him some body language that <laughs> I was not going to be invading his personal space. I also <laughs> tried to make clear um, to him via me talking to my server that I was not up there just to see John. I was there because I had a train to catch in, in what, 45 minutes. And so I had to chow down on some breakfast. And, yeah, but and, you also had the, the Sharpie and like 13 pieces of merch for him to sign. I did not. <laughs> I had nothing on me. I was just I, you I was signed just my arm so I can get a tattoo later. <laughs> <laughs> so the server asked me why I'm in town and I kind of pointed at John and said, I'm in town because of him. Um, <laughs> You know, he was in the band that I saw last night, and I think she might have got that impression from me telling him night show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 so, so I did not, you know, uh, sort of initiate anything with John other than giving him a big thumbs up, thumbs up, night show. Um, I'm sure the, you appreciated the, the, you keeping it brief. 
Yeah, the the server might have been sort of between me and John Linnell in age, uh, not 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 a not a young kid, that's for sure. Um, anyway, she, she figured out that oh, he must be in a band. She went over there and tried to strike up a conversation with him about his <laughs> band, uh, and he explained that he was in They Might Be Giants, which she had never heard of. Um, they talk a little bit about you know bands, and and she uh, begins explaining, oh yeah, you know when I was younger, we would go to CBGBs in the eighties and so forth. And I thought, wow, am I going to hear John Linnell tell this uh, lady about uh, him playing at CBGBs? Um, no, no. <laughs> so so she goes over there, tries to strike up a conversation with him, and he you know very politely. Uh, um, yeah. deflates the conversation. So, you know, you, you have somebody over there wanting to talk about CBGBs. He's played at CBGBs and it goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's our John Linnell. Yeah, that's our John Linnell. Uh, 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 um, I do have to say that me telegraphing to him through her that, 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 that I'm just a regular guy and I got a train to catch uh, must have taken hold because by the time I chowed down on breakfast and was uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, hurrying out of the restaurant because I had a train to catch, uh, hurrying out of the hotel restaurant because I had a train to catch, he wished me to have a nice trip. So he told me, have a nice trip. Hey. And that was my interaction with John Linnell. Very nice. <laughs> so uh, 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 certainly, I've I've heard other people going, you know, had gone up to him in restaurants and asked for pictures, and if it had fallen flat, so I didn't get a selfie with them. I didn't even ask. I'm not the guy who yeah. goes around collecting selfies anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you know that's the way he would have wanted it to. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so so like I said, you know, he seemed to be aware that I was giving him some space, and uh, he may have been glad when I finally left. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can be by myself in this <laughs> breakfast buffet. Uh, so, so, so that was a great trip. That was the last time I saw they might be giants, and I got to have a couple uh, sort of peripheral personal exchanges with John Linnell. So that's 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 my brush with greatness. And man, was it great! Yeah, that's incredible. And so, so you had exposed your kids to TMBG when they were little, and you said your daughter had gone with you to a show. So, are uh, they? Uh, uh, my oldest had uh, yeah. went to me with a couple shows. Um, my middle one got to go to a show in, in, in December. He, he enjoyed that. Um, we weren't at the front of the crowd. We had a great balcony seat at the, at the Lincoln. Um, so we didn't have to go camp out in line four or five hours before the show. We just showed up at doors and got a great front of the balcony seat. And, and, and let me tell you, the sound is actually better oh, if you're yeah. not in the front row. If you're in yeah. the front row, you're getting blasted by Marty's drums mm -hmm. or you're straight in the line of fire, the guitar amps. It was that, it was great sound. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. You're hearing the actual soundboard mix if you're back from the stage. Is definitely the yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, there's pros and cons to to the two. Uh, 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 in general, I would rather be hanging out with the front row mega fans if given a choice. Nice. But if uh, family members coming along, I don't think I can ask them to come to the show five hour five hours before doors. So are the kids tried and true fans, or or they're just like, oh yeah, I'll go with you, Dad. Um, they're like, yeah, I'll go with you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, those, those some solid kids you raised there. Then you know they 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 got their priorities straight. Their dad and some Team BG. I like that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my, my youngest has refused to go with me to a show because we had a couple opportunities in December as the Lincoln Theater uh, uh, tickets became available. Uh, she she flat out refused to go with me to a show. <laughs> she 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 called it a boomer thing. She she wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> Team BG boomer thing. They are 
boomers. That's, you know, so I can't really, you know, she's, she's not wrong. <laughs> I don't know if I call it a boomer thing, but it's a, it's a show put on by um, boomers. Also, my youngest, <laughs> unlike everybody else in the family, is not a nerd of any sort. I mean, she was a cheerleader. She's not a nerd. She's uh, maybe, uh, maybe you got to be a nerd to be in the TMEG. At least that's always been my conception. Broke the shop of mold. I know. <laughs> What's the deal there? Jeez. We have no explanation. <laughs> and at the New York show, I've been seeing pictures of a lot of set lists. But at the at the I'm sorry the the New Haven um, New Year's Eve one, how many book songs did they play? Um, I think four. Um, I was at the first concert in DC where they played, um, four book songs in a show. Um, and, uh, let's see, what are their book songs? Uh, so, the two new ones that I was, uh, at the premiere for were, uh, Brontosaurus and I can't remember the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to admit, I was honestly surprised that, that, that I can't remember the dream was a loud song. Uh, they, you know, it's a, it's a loud rock song. Cause I mm-hmm. kind of got the impression that maybe they would play it a little more low-key but no it's um good it's uh it's it's, yeah. it's a loud rock song yeah. and um their previous two ones from from um book which i'd seen several times because i went to so many shows uh including some uh this fall um what was the uh, what are the other synopsis two? and moonbeam Sy- rays right yeah synopsis and moonbeam rays yes yeah i have to say that i was Jealous. a big fan when book came out oh now, now we're getting you're bringing the subject around to book yes yeah, I know what I'm yes, doing here. Yes, because we got to talk about our song. Bit, a little bit. So I, I did a ton of book episodes uh, when it was still fairly fresh, like in the first three months that the uh, the album had come out. And so I've already done synopsis and can't remember the dream. Uh, and they hadn't played them live yet, so I didn't have any live recordings of those yet. And now we're going to talk so- about a song that they haven't played live. Uh, so once again, I've not, I've yet to do a book episode where I've had a live cut to play. Uh, and yet again, dreams are dashed. But so we're here to talk about Lord Snowden. Now the book songs have not all been claimed yet, so you you had some choices here. And you went with Lord Snowden. Any uh, like opening words as to why uh, you picked this song? Well, um, I think it fits into <clears throat> their clear, their clearly biographical songs, mm-hmm. and um, um, their older clearly biographical songs include uh, um, 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 uh, James K. Polk and Meet James Ensor, um, which I think are absolutely some of the top form TMBG songs ever. Um, I think I mentioned uh, uh, that the first show I was at may have been the Nanobots tour. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of the early shows I was at, like 2013, 2014, um, I got to hear uh, um, Flansburg do Tesla as a straight-up ballad. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, uh, and uh, I have to say that, you know, it may have fallen a little flat with the audience, but I think I appreciated it. Um you know, in in a way, of course, I don't think I really appreciated Tesla until Tesla two four six eight. Let me tell you, <laughs> Tesla two four six eight. That <laughs> you know a- that that's that's for me. Okay, Tesla two four six eight is for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's up your alley. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but you, you had an entire episode on that, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that was when Eklund was on the first time, and uh, they picked. Specifically two four six eight. I'm like, no, you need to also do you know regular Tesla. 
but I, I believe uh, they chose it out of hatred for 2468. I think that well, was the I, initial. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's hard not to have strong feelings about Tesla 2468, but I clearly fall into the love Tesla 2468 category. It's like boat of car in a way. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, uh, it's weird. It's out there. What the heck is it? And oh man, that just, just attracts me like a moth to the flame. Oh yeah, there's definitely some to it. Um, I mean, I'm glad that it exists. Like you know, if they didn't, you know, if they didn't ruffle some feathers, are they really, you know, true artists? You know, exploring <laughs> the furthest artistic reaches of, uh, you know, their <laughs> warped, <laughs> their warped minds. Uh, and you know, we used, to, yeah, like for someone who came up, you know, the Pink album was the first thing you heard. Boat of Car, like you said, there's so much weirdness on the Pink album. For them to dip back into like that full-on weirdness is definitely appreciated by me, no doubt. Yeah. So, 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 um, you know, some of the remixes, uh, like Joshua Freed remixes, um, I don't know if you know. For example, uh, Flansburg had a heavy hand in editing every single Tesla remix. I don't know how that came about. Yeah, that is a is a little bit of a mystery. A lot of those. Uh, my murdered remain ones uh, are a little mysterious, but I like that. Yeah, I like mysterious. I like that. Uh, uh, anyway, <sighs> Lord Snowden was also a little mysterious when I first heard it too. Um, 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 I kind of uh, uh, um, I'm not a big royalty watcher fan. Uh, yeah, however, I, don't really I understand that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, 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 helping make it mysterious is that the. Snowden is misspelled. Yeah, <laughs> on the uh, the the physical book, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, I think like the the file is right. Like if you import the CD or whatever else, I think the file has it spelled right with the O N uh, at the end, which is correct. And E N is what they printed on the book. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the E N is the WikiLeaks guy, right? Snowden with the Edward e. N, Snowden. Right? Yes. <laughs> But that is not Lord Snowden. That's what you know. That's what I initially. That's what first came to mind when I heard that it was Edward Snowden. When you know when I first heard that song, not about him, not about him. Uh, um, that, at least, at least I don't think it's about him. Somebody else could argue it is. Well, I mean, <laughs> we got a quote from Flans himself saying what he was, uh, you know, inspired by a book that you are holding up right now. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes. in the press release for book. Let's just. Quote Flans here. Um, the Hammond organ drives Lord Snowden, which drew lyrical inspiration from 99 Glimpses of Princess Margaret by Craig Brown. The princess and her husband, photographer Lord Snowden, were quite louche, and I found their relationship fascinating, Flansburg explains. He was a permanent outsider, always looking at her world from the remove of an artist and a commoner. For a songwriter, feeling that kind of distance is pretty relatable. So... Lord Snowden, uh, Anthony Armstrong Jones is his name, and you're going to be able to fill us in on a lot more of this stuff. But the 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 Lord this Snowden was basically created for him, right? Like that title, he was the first, uh, you know, Earl of Snowden, uh, and all that stuff is very confusing to me. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Was it Snowden? What does that mean? I don't know. I've, I've read some stuff, and I still I'm like I still don't get it. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I barely get this whole royalty, fan yeah. of royalty thing. You know, at the same time, I do realize that uh, uh, Lord Snowden is sort of in the same vein as uh, Princess Diana, a commoner who married into the family. Mm-hmm. And and now we have uh, Prince Harry and, <laughs> I have to admit, I don't know her name. Megan. Me- it's, it's somebody, yes. Yeah, Megan something. And now they got a Netflix show. Who just be even more uh, outlandish? Uh, uh, she's an American. <gasps> Gasp! I know. I must simply stop being so horrified. Uh, the uh, so th- this was this is way before uh, no no before Princess Di. Uh, the because Margaret is uh, the late Queen Elizabeth II's sister. And uh, she seemed like a bit of a, 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 a firebrand of sorts. And I, I know you can tell us a lot more about that. It's, it, it sounds like that, that book is a, almost like a comedy book of sorts. Well, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a perfectly linear biography. Um, there's a couple, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's things in here where he goes into, um, each, each of the 99 glimpses or little chapters, I guess, um, is, is, is sort of one particular telling of one part of her story, usually from one person's point of view. Um, and mm. a couple of them are entirely fictional. Um, like there's okay. a couple uh, ones where, where Salvador Dali is completely, uh, there, there's at least one where Salvador Dali is completely infatuated with Princess Margaret and writes his chapter of the, of the biography. Um, okay. and, and I think I know which ones are real and which ones are fictional, but I'm not always so sure. Oh man, this is like pure TMBG territory. Like the, 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 uh, unreliable narrator, <laughs> That they love to do so much. Uh, the, the, so parts of the book are reliable and parts not so much. Yeah, so p- parts <laughs> of them are, are fictional. And in fact, uh, I think to some extent, Craig Brown, the author, is, 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 is not so much writing a biography of Princess Margaret as writing sort of a history of the authors who write things about royalty. Um, and, and so it's like meta in that way. Wow. So I think he's in some way commentaring about literature about the royals. So then, by much, writing literature about the royals. So then, how much do you, uh, how much did you learn about uh, Lord Snowden? Uh, There's not the a lot about Lord Snowden in the book. There's some hmm. name dropping, which I think is. Uh, um, 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 interesting, uh, but there's not a lot about Lord Snowden's youth, for mm. example. Um, everything sure. I know about him growing up as a commoner and becoming a photographer I, is straight from Wikipedia. You would never pick it up from the book. Oh, um, wow. Hmm. But uh, um, um, th- there's uh, 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 Lord Snowden became uh, married <laughs> to Princess Margaret, um, sort of as a, a, a failed love triangle doesn't make any sense princess margaret uh, had at a very early age fallen in love with um oh some some military guy in england i'm fa- oh I'm, yeah um peter townsend uh that's it yes peter townsend yeah i, I have to not mix him up with uh, the 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 townsend the rock musician but sure Pete Townsend, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 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 he was like in the Air Force, and you know, there's like the sort of circle of military people who hang around and you know become trusted advisors of the royal family, and he was one of them. And mm. even though he was 
at least several years older than she was, she fell in love with him and she was in love with him for decades. Um, then he eventually settled down, I think, in the Netherlands and married somebody else. Uh, and I think that very same week was the week that, that it was announced that Princess Margaret and her current uh, uh, boyfriend, uh, uh, Anthony... Um, Anthony Armstrong Jones. And Anthony Armstrong Jones became uh, announced their engagement. So, so it, it, in a way, their entire engagement was sort of kind of retribution, or you know, had been waiting for 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 her uh, uh, her first love to get married off. So, which is which is awkward. But, yeah. but, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm sure it happens in real life more than you think. So here, like I was saying about how I don't understand the whole Lords, the Earl of Snowden. So I'm just <laughs> here on Wikipedia. You know, you 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 put your cursor over a link here, and it pops up with you know just a little blurb here, and it says. So if I, I, I read this, I understand like half the words. Earl of Snowden is a title in the peerage of the United Kingdom. It was created in 1961 together with the subsidiary title of Viscount Linley of Neiman's in the County of Sussex by Queen Elizabeth II and her then brother-in-law, Anthony Armstrong Jones, who married Princess Margaret in 1960. So uh, I, you know, I know some of those words. <laughs> Um, but, 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 but you're right. You know, even though he is Lord Snowden, Lord Snowden was kind of a synthetic made up title for, yeah. for, for the event of yeah. his marriage, which was a big deal. Um, his marriage, uh, ceremony to, to Princess Margaret, um, happened early in the TV age and it was, you know, broadcast on TV in England. I'm sure that if you were in the U S you would have seen it too. Um, mm -hmm. I was born in 67, so I was a little late, but, um, Later on, you know, tidbits about when I was a kid, Prince, uh, tidbits about Princess Margaret, sometimes accompanied by Lord Snowden, even though less frequently, um, was certainly in the news in the in the 70s when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like she got into some trouble, had a drinking problem. Uh, well, and, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Anthony had like a, a sex addiction I mean, um, just so. <laughs> uh, uh, it certainly was the swinging 60s. In fact, uh, you might be just old enough to remember the, uh, the Austin, Power, Austin Powers movies. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, Austin Powers is not based on Lord Snowden, but on one of Lord Snowden's assistants, evidently. For real? <laughs> For real, yes. <laughs> you remember Austin Powers was a photographer and a yeah, spy. Baby, yeah. <laughs> taking the picture just like behind the back between yes. the legs yeah <laughs> um, you know it was certainly the swinging 60s and i think that the uh flans really uh accompanied by linnell on the organ really do a great job of capturing you know swinging 60s yeah um the lyrics i'd say are a little bit more obtuse than something like James K. Polk or something like that. Um, I mean, at the beginning, I mean, some of the parts like lock in pretty well, like all these faces, it's a museum. He was known for portraits of famous people for the most part. And he has what, like over a hundred photos of his, um, in the national portrait gallery. Uh, and so that makes sense. Um, 
dummies, models, heavy sleepers. I, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff oh, if, here. If, that's... If, 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 if you read the, 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 the book, Dummies, Models, Heavy Sleepers, that sort of describes the swinging 60s scene, I think. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Our time's over. We're all sorry. I, yeah. And... Yeah, the, the we're all sorry. Uh, well, our time is over, I guess, might have been the passing of the 60s or the end of uh, uh, Lord Sutton's and Princess Margaret's marriage. I don't know. Um, we're all sorry. That I'm not really sure what that maps to. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, sort of when their, their separation was announced, that might be sort of the moment of that. They had to make it official, even though they'd been growing apart for, for you know, uh, their entire marriage, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so I'm thinking we're all sorry. That might be sort of the announcement of their official separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, yeah, the Lord Snowden reporting for service. I love that because, like we said, it's kind of like a made-up title just for him. You know, reporting for service as if it were something important, but it's just it's a title. It's just a title. Uh, so I love that kind of you know military-sounding thing. But he was not the military man. She wanted the military man, but she ended up with him. <laughs> A certain chunk of the book is about uh, Princess Margaret, and uh, um, you know, if if you're the Queen's little sister, mm-hmm. um, you don't get to go to the first tier social events, and you know, and that 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 the Queen does, but you get to go to all the itsy bitsy. You know, some preschool is opening, and this Air Force has a new wing on there. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 uh, so, so you get to go to all these little events and, 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 uh, I think to some extent, uh, reporting for service is about, uh, Princess Margaret's obligations as a Royal to attend all these events, opening schools, yeah. new roads, whatever. Yeah. Ashtrays uh, and busy lines doesn't make, uh, make him sound glamorous. Well, well, okay. Ashtrays, uh, 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 princess Margaret was a chain smoker <laughs> her entire life. Okay. And, 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 and that appears repeatedly throughout the book. Okay. Yeah. Heavy smoker, heavy drinker, just heavy living. Uh, and yeah, like a line like "Silent days always with you, dear." Like very evocative of their uh, not so close relationship. Well, um, early on, you know, uh, um, there's a there's a very famous. It's kind of a self-portrait of uh, uh, Lord Sutton with uh, uh, Princess Margaret. Princess Margaret is in the bathtub wearing a crown. And Lord Snowden, you almost don't notice at all, but he's a, you can actually see him in a mirror taking the picture. Oh, wow. um, so, so, so always with you, dears, sort of how it began. Um, they were really infatuated with each other's, uh, uh, is, 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 uh, um, uh, my impression. And they started off really strong. Um, mm-hmm. their public face had to be that they were together. Right. And I think that, that, that their early experience matched up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you haven't seen that picture, you go, go look it up to look up Princess Margaret bathtub or whatever it's the only picture of her in a bathtub and if you look in the corner you can see you can see uh lord snowden taking the picture okay let's see oh yeah yeah he's i think he's sitting on the top of the toilet lid there you can see his foot and his uh left hand there with the camera Uh uh-huh oh wow That's, that's a cool photo so 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 um i think that um parts of the song you know talk about their early parts of their relationship when things were good. Um, 
and 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 sort of possibly always with you dear is also talking about how you know even a decade and a half in when they weren't getting along they had to you know attend events as if they were getting along mhm mhm and then when they dif- when they did eventually get divorced that was frowned upon right i mean divorce is kind of uh not supposed to be a thing in the royal family is that, um, is um, that right? um, surprisingly uh lord snowden uh remained uh sort of a royal photographer even after the divorce oh, so okay. um so 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 while obviously his f- relationship with princess margaret had gone sour he was still a photographer he still had access to the royals i think they mm-hmm. wanted him to take some pictures for you know for uh, uh of, of his style um because he was a famous photographer and and of course he knew all of them already so it was not a big deal to have him show up yeah so yeah. So, it not, so it's not just convenience i think they 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 the uh the other parts of the royal family genuinely appreciated his photographic skills yeah hmm. and then i also love that we get uh ennui which is like the word of the <laughs> of the of, of of it's like books um I don't know. It's just one of those words that, like, you're not going to hear in many rock songs. And on book, we get it twice: once from Flans and once from uh, Linnell. Oh, what's the Linnell song? Uh, uh, um, th- that's right. The, uh, the 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 physical book book has the list of all the words that appear in all the songs alphabetized, right? And <laughs> so you're telling me Ennui appears twice. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> it does. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so, it, I mean, again, yeah, a lot of these lyrics just kind of um, a general kind of like melancholy here, right? He's uh, he's famous, but it's not, you know, his life isn't perfect. Uh, you know, the haze of these final days, be content with a slow descent, all that stuff. It's a very, gives it a very uh, melancholy vibe of this song, which uh, which is cool because it's... it's um, you know, it's not the the death and destruction of sh- of some TMBG songs. It's just that kind of, uh, you know, that that, that kind of like just like a low key kind of bummer <laughs> of a song. <laughs> um, th- that's that's true. Uh, so you know, again, sort of in contrast with "Always with You, Dear," which had to be their public perception, they increasingly were um, traveling in entirely different circles for the majority of their marriage, and it just got further and further apart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well. You know, it. I mean, it got him uh, some openings as a uh, photographer, and uh, he did good enough work and getting museums, and uh, and like you said, kept on kept on working after. So I mean, you know, it worked out for him in that way, and he ended up getting married again, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. He had a second marriage, um, and then. Yeah, he passed away in 2017. Which was not that long ago. No, he was 86. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You know, again, sort of the, the work world of a, of, of a royal uh, sister to the queen um, is, is a little weird. Um, she does have real duties. Um, at the same time, she has a lot of time to blow off, and she also has the ability to hang out with famous people that she chooses. Um and a good chunk of the, the, the biography is about her uh, getting into tits and tats with, with famous people. Um, there, there's some yeah. epic thing between Princess Margaret and Liz Taylor that oh, yeah? just goes way over my head. But th- mm. th- it was epic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, royalty and then Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Uh, uh, m- moving a little further through the lyrics, I'm on the outside looking out. Um, 
certainly he was an outsider to begin with. He wasn't a royal. Um, and I think he continued his photography career. Um, in fact, I think he often used uh, in his later years of marriage to Princess Rog Margaret, his photography career as a way to get away from her. Um, mm. <laughs> Sorry, right, so he would be out traveling assignment. on assignment wherever yeah. possible. <laughs> Um, holding on to an invitation again that was um, all the all the social duties of of being the the husband of princess margaret i guess um so much mm -hmm. business for an impression i think that's actually about peter sellers who appears several times in the book oh yeah yes i think it is and yeah what was that? i did see something about that because he he fancied princess margaret is that right um well he he um um Evidently, according to the, the the book I read, he was a super sex addict, whatever that is. Okay, um, but but um, so uh, he would make excuses. Uh, lots of people would make excuses to come by and be in Princess Margaret's social circle, mm -hmm. and he was uh, among the many of them. And I think that's directly about Peter Sellers. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so much patience for impatience. That might be Princess Margaret specifically um, doing slow burns on on the celebrities that she had tits and tats with. Mm. <laughs> um, because, because, like I said, the, the, some of these would stretch over multiple years, according to the book. Uh, okay, she she knew how to hold a grudge. Uh, she knew how to hold a grudge. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I already mentioned the the ennui, but the shopping sprees. What do we? What do we? A certain chunk of the book is about Princess Margaret going shopping. Um, <laughs> okay. And, okay, <laughs> and you know the um, um, she um, shopping in and and swinging London in the the sixties was a big deal. Evidently, I don't know. I don't go on shopping sprees. I don't and think Lord, Lord Snowden, Snowden particularly went into them in the same yeah. way. But. He was maybe just following along, holding all the bags. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, and that light through the shutters lens where it's frozen like you did. Frozen, again, you know, you just pointed me towards that uh, the photograph of her in the bath there. You know, frozen in time. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, again, I think that's um, um, their public image was, you know, of their early days together. Um, and they had to maintain that image that they were together uh, despite their increasing um distance from each other mm -hmm. okay so i think that's uh, uh that was a pretty key part to you know the entire marriage um you know maintaining the illusion that 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 they're still in love and together mm -hmm. yeah so in the haze of these final days i'll go far in an open cart is, is there anything to read into that oh, there's I'll something very specific car. go to google look up lord snowden car and this actually comes back to Peter Sellers because it used to be Peter Sellers' car. Lord Snowden's yeah. car is like if you're a if you're a collector of of of, of British automobiles, Lord Snowden's car is uh, a completely um, a completely uh, desirable goal. It's an Aston Martin DB5. Mm, yeah, that's a that's a pretty car. Yeah, that's the kind of you know Austin Powers would be hopping in from the back, <laughs> um, jumping in it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So 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 the the the, the, the uh, Lord Snowden's car is certainly something that's recognizable. All that said, I don't think that's mentioned in the book very much. Mm. So you want to talk about some musical elements of this song? Oh well, uh, yeah. Um, 
my standard crutch for that is going to this might be a wiki and clicking on credits, but there's nothing there. Well, hey, I'm not sure why, because in the book of book, there is credits in the back. Oh, really? So, okay. what, what does it tell yes. us? So I can tell you that um, it is Kurt Ram on trumpet. Okay, th- uh, that's what I guessed. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like from the back. It's like the, I don't know, the fifth or sixth page from the back. Um, Stan Harrison playing the flute, which we'll talk about a little later once we talk about the bridge. And he also plays Barry Sachs on this. And then Dan Levine on um, – it's his trombone and bass trombone on tracks, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'm not sure if that means that on this he's playing both trombone and bass trombone. It's a little, you know, it's always a little harder to pick out the lower instruments. Um, but he's definitely on there on this song in some capacity. Um, but the, who I don't think is on the song, I don't think Dan Miller's on the song. There's not any guitar in the song, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. It's very keyboard. Um, I listened and I didn't hear any. Yeah, either by Flans or Miller. There's just no no guitar. Very keyboard based. And I guess we might as well look at this other quote here from Flans from uh, Tumblr. So he says, I put together uh, the song during the deepest days of lockdown, and a fair bit of the track was done long distance. So it was one of the later songs for the album. John Linnell did the keyboard part in MIDI, and those sounds held over when we tracked the band, which was a useful guide as the breaks are a bit unusual. Yeah, there are these weird little gaps between uh, the verses and stuff, like a weird number of measures uh then he continues he redid the piano though it always sounds better at least to my old-fashioned ears the bridge was something that i finished on the other side of tracking there were some temp chords in there and marty just marked it with his part but i moved things around and it worked fine usually that kind of thing is a mistake at least for me painting myself into a corner and with this one i think it came out well and all the extra sonics in the bridge i put together post tracking it's a really great way uh, to know that what you're doing, um, which is a great way to really know what you're doing as you build a track up. So some of what he says there is um, a little fuzzy on exactly what he means by. We never heard the earlier it. versions, so we don't know. I, yeah, See, that's the thing. I, I know we never hear those those demos. We get those little studio tidbits, and 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 you reminded me of one that that ex- that exists and gave a little taste there. Uh, we'll we'll throw that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, very keyboard based. So it sounds like the MIDI, MIDI keyboard. It held over when we tracked the band. Okay, and then he redid the piano. I am a big fan of the organ tone. It reminds me a lot of um, what you'd hear in like the earlier like Elvis Costello and the Tractions kind of stuff. Oh, um, um, I think it's intentionally trying to reach even further back into sixties mm-hmm. groovy English music. Yeah. All, all that said, I can't find anything that's exactly like that. Um. But you did find think, something. Oh, uh, right? uh, well, well the, it was it was the horns that uh, on on that track that 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 struck me as being somewhere and and, and an overall groovy feeling. Groovy baby, groovy. Uh, do, do you want to play the song that you found that that's? Uh... When I was uh, in grad school in the nineties, um, a friend of mine who was also my sort of co-patriot in listening to to Flood in the car with me. Um, he he turned me on to uh, what what but he had a collection of like fifth or sixth generation VHS tapes of this British TV show called The Prisoner, um, and it's uh, 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 it's it's got this amazingly compelling uh, opening sequence. It's uh, it's a British TV show 
Um, it's got a groovy opening uh, song, and 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 I had been casting about looking for something. Well, what's what's as groovy as the sound as uh, Lord Snowden? Yeah. And then and and then I I just happened to be watching uh, uh, the first episode of The Prisoner, and oh, it's the opening theme, um, which is an amazing opening theme. Um, it's it's you know it ranks up there with the best opening themes of all time. You know, up there with the Hawaii Five O theme, for example. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's high praise there. But yeah, there's some like killer trumpet licks in this. It's very, I'd say, more kind of uh, suspenseful sounding than Lord Snowden. Um, I think so, but at the same time, in my head, it's 100% British. Oh, okay? for sure. So, so well, I mean, simply because, well, they never officially say that the, the 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 main character in the prisoner is from England because they never even tell you his name but he's obviously British um, oh, and it was obviously filmed in Britain yeah uh, there there are even some parts of the song where you get a little guitar licks that kind of have that James Bond kind of feeling too um, well he was obviously an ex spy and you know that's sort of the the mystery behind him um, uh, I mean, anyway that's that's an absolutely killer uh, uh, theme song by the way I was looking up that theme song the the guy who composed that theme song also wrote the theme for Doctor Who. Oh, oh. so he's uh, yeah, so so again, in British, some royalties there. Uh, 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 <laughs> British through and through. British through and through. Through and through. Yeah, those those horns and the horns on Lord Snowden. You know the the trumpet line that Ram plays. For a while, I was convinced that it was a keyboard patch of a trumpet because it's almost just like too perfect. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Lord Snowden report. Like it's 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 like so pure of a tone. I'm like that can't be real. But <laughs> the credits it's it's Kurt, uh, and um, yeah, I love the trombone in it. As a you know, I came up as a trombonist. The burner burner the big horn ending the thick. You got all those low instruments there with the trombone, baritone sax, and and possibly bass trombone as well just like so thick you get some of that in brontosaurus too like there's just some really cool horn moments in um in book not a whole lot of like huge features you know there's no like dr worm-esque like fanfares or anything but a lot of cool supporting parts yeah uh, and, and i have to say that their most recent tour has a a, a an absolutely huge uh horn section on it um i enjoy that so much one of my favorites is the version of uh, Particle Man with uh, um, Mark uh, Pender. Uh, um, well, no, no, uh, uh, Particle Man. Dan Levine comes out and plays this little uh, euphonium solo during the um, <laughs> nice the the, the uh, Linnell's Venus takeoff there. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I'm not sure why uh, Kurt Ram wasn't making the tour there, but it's cool to see Mark Pender back in the oh, fold. Mark know, Pender I... is great. Yeah. Whew, yeah, I mean, both those guys, the high range and just like the the stamina of the, both of those guys on trumpet is just incredible. 
let me tell you this the the tour that's been going on the past six months uh um, um, Mark Pender, uh, Dan Levine, and Stan Harrison. Um, Mark Pender and Dan Levine have are enjoying the shows so much. Um, it's 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 crazy. They're enjoying the show so much. Uh, it's it's. I mean, Pender like spending you know over twenty years on Conan's show. It's like, and he even had some comedic features on the show and stuff like that. And we talked about that in the, the episode that he was on. Uh, 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 and. He, uh, he's definitely a showman. He, he's not. He's not a shy guy. Oh, he, he, he's he, he's definitely a showman. I think they structured most of the shows, which have been mostly flood shows, uh, so that he plays uh, um, racist friend. And 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 after the little uh, his little solo part in racist friend, uh, he does this little dance on little jig, jig dance on the stage. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and he did it all the times that you saw them. Um, it's been toned down very early in the tour. It was it was a very triumphant little uh, uh, jig he did on the stage after playing his solo part. And after that, it's kind of uh, toned down a little. Oh, they should let him do, you know, revisit well, well, the, the it, bit it, it, that he always did on Conan and walk into the crowd and start, like, just, like, singing in people's faces. <laughs> oh, I have, to, I have to go watch it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that familiar with Conan. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Uh, I know I played a clip of one of them on that episode. I can't remember which, but I will go find it. I promise. Yeah, def- definitely worthwhile. He's he's a cool guy, super nice, super nice too. And now Stan Harrison, uh, the, their go-to uh, woodman guy, who um, well, all all three of the Triceratops have been on the show. Uh, Dan Levine was on the Electric Car episode, and Stan Harrison was on Withered Hope. Uh, so he's on this playing on this track playing Barry Sax and then uh, flutes. You dug up an old Instagram post that uh, the Giants had from December of 2020, so almost a full year before the uh, album even came out. Of uh, and it, that is Stan Harrison in the the video there tracking some flute. So I'll drop in the audio for that right here. And that, yeah, you called it ethereal, which definitely from from what you're hearing in the mix there in that video definitely is an accurate an accurate term. But I'll tell you, the final mix, like it, you you really have to know it's there to hear it, which mm-hmm. I think is a shame because it sounds so cool the way it is right there. And this is so this is on on, on the bridge. The, uh, um, that's assuming that that clip was actually an early version of, of you know, for example, the bridge in Lord Snowden. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. Well, sort of by elimination, I don't think it could have been anything else on book. It's um, it's definitely following that that chord progression of the uh, the the bridge there. So we're talking about the um, it's the in the haze of these final days. I think probably what I'll do is I'll have I'll put the Instagram audio in there and then just read you know drop in the bridge of lord stone because once once you hear in there you're like oh yeah it is kind of in there in the haze of these final days i'll go far in an open car
But I mean, he's doing like these little trills and stuff like that, that maybe some of them got taken out of the final mix, but um, there's, they're, they're too far down in there. Cause it sounds like there's just like layers, like a couple different flute tracks and stuff like that. That sounds so cool. And uh, then just like, they're kind of buried. It's a shame. Um, you know, at the same time that that that, that bridge, uh, the the parts that that Flans is singing, he's very closely tracking the horns behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 it all blends together in this amazing oh, way. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. you know, at the same time, the fact that Flans is singing over it, he's 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 hitting all the same notes that the horns are hitting. Right? Am I oversimplifying it? No, I, I, no, I think that's a perfect way to put it. It's a, and, and like I said, these nice supportive roles for the horns. Um, you know, the trumpet gets a little more of that fanfare there uh, on the choruses. Um, but yeah, just very kind of gentle. This gentle bridge and flans goes to is uh, you know it's kind of wispy, like high range kind of falsetto. Maybe maybe not falsetto, but it's wispy or high range, and. You know, we were talking about, or you were mentioning, like, uh, you know, music theory elements of this song. And it's really not that complicated of a, of a song. Um, you know, it's very clearly in one key, in the key of F. Um, I think one thing that's pretty interesting is that the chorus f- focuses so much on the second chord of the scale, the G minor. That Lord Stone reporting for service, just F, G minor, F, G minor, F, G minor. So it's just going up one step, and then, so it finally gets to uh, B flat, the four chord, um, on the very last line. But for, like, a pop song to avoid the four and the five chord for that long is actually kind of uh, novel, in a way. Um, And uh, the verse is... Again, every other chord is that G minor, so it's C and G minor. And for it to stay away from the tonic chord for the entire verse, again, is also pretty pretty uh, unusual and cool. And then in that, that bridge, um, which focuses around the, the B-flat chord mostly, it's really cool if you, hear, if you listen to Danny's bass, because uh, he's playing a, a, a D in the bass, which I guess would make it a... A B flat, like a first inversion of a B flat chord, is what you call it, um, which is cool. Which kind of gets, lends, I think, to also to that ethereal kind of feel. Is that it's not grounding the chord as much with the the root of the chord. You know, Danny being on the third of the chord instead uh, gives it more of kind of like a floating kind of vibe. I think, which is cool. Um. Uh, uh, I, I'll defer to you as the music theorist, but I think I appreciate the song even more now. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. No problem. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a well-written little song. I mean, it's it's cool to hear Flans talk about how um, it was kind of pieced together in that in that quote that he said. And I do like hearing about how the Johns were bouncing stuff back and forth. We heard about that on the when I dove into If Day for Winnipeg, which I think is my favorite playing song on the, on the album, um, where it sounds like they approach things a little bit different than usual thanks to thanks to the lockdown. Um, but I think it came up with some cool kind of unique results. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it wasn't their ideal, but uh, pushing them kind of out of their comfort zone a little bit. I think most artists like to do that now and then when um, you put, put some uh, uh, restrictions on yourself can come up with some uh some different kind of uh results 
Yeah, and 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 I, and I think uh, you learned pretty early on in talking to me that I like the kind of weird stuff. The weird stuff. He likes yes. it weird. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 cool. I mean, it's not like it's not the weirdest song. I mean, I think If Day probably is is one of the weirdest songs on the album. Oh yeah, I don't think Lord Snowden is weird at all. Um, I think it's a perfectly straightforward ballad, and and you know, and I think some fans have a hard time accessing something that's so straightforward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Did this? Uh... Oh, has this song not been? I don't think this has had enough votes on the wiki to be ranked. Uh, 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 John has told us that recent songs aren't properly ranked; that the votes aren't um, being accumulated for recent songs. Oh, due to some sort of website on the back end. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right, on to the covers section here. Now, as far as I can tell, the only uh, two covers in existence are ones that I helped uh, will into existence <laughs> for uh, the This Might Book a Podcast compilation that I put together where me and my covers crew uh, cover every song on book and the pamphlet EP, most of them more than once over. Uh, and we've got our first cover um, by... Frequent, very frequent uh, cover artist on the show, No Daniels. Uh, so I'll drop that in right here. I'm on the outside looking out. All these faces, it's a museum. Dummies, models, heavy sleepers Our time is over, we're all sorry Lord Snowden reporting for service Ashtrays and busy lines Silent days, always with you Looking out, holding on to an invitation. So much business for an impression. So much patience for our impatience. Lots of them for service. Aren't we young shopping streets? Light through a shattered lens where it's frozen like you. Thank you. 
Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, um, you know, first of all, the transliteration of the organ into, was that a guitar or what was it? Uh, yeah, it's a nylon string guitar finger picked okay yeah uh the, yeah. the transliteration transliteration of organ part into guitar part i wasn't expecting that um and 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 it works out very well it um instead of sounding groovy it sounds more baroque mm. yeah that's that's, uh, well, that's a good term for it for sure yeah the yeah because it's got like it's like almost classical style guitar uh, especially at the beginning there. And of course it's Noah. So it's got some, uh, the accordion filling in, uh, in the choruses and stuff. And it's just classic, classic Noah. It's um, great. uh, uh, um, y- you know, again, uh, uh, um, the, the, the accordion picks up some of the horn parts, but it's also mm-hmm. carrying sort of the, the overall, uh, background there um and and then at the end uh the in the the haze of these final days he purposefully goes out of tune and just a little out of tune and everything right yeah uh, yeah i mean a little bit noah is um yeah noah's great he he will add some of his own harmonies he'll like make up his own stuff yeah, w- w- which so is uh, w- which is yeah. very um uh, which is very novel that's not what flans did in that part um right. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 purposefully going out of tune with himself in the multi-tracking there um that's that's a pretty neat effect there and i think that 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 captures a lot of what i felt that that uh that section was about totally totally yeah noah uh great job as usual people can uh grab that uh name your price at uh this might be a podcast up and camp.com and then the next one by the Purple Pansies, which is the quote-unquote band that Avery Keating and I have strictly to cover uh, They Might Be Giant songs. So uh, you're going to hear Avery um, singing and playing the keyboards and me playing uh, drums and bass and also some singing as well. So uh, I'll drop that in here.
<laughs> yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. All right, all right. Uh, um, um, I have to say that um, um, the organ in that sounds more like the Doors, which is a very classic yeah, okay. '60s sound. Yeah. Um, it, it, but it's 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 a little less enigmatic than what's in the 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 CD track. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's it it seems like I said I it seems to me that traces back to the Doors. I think there's a little bit of. Uh, uh, punk thrown in there um, oh yeah am, am we're definitely right? yeah we're definitely going for more of this kind of just like raw and louder sound like yeah. i'm definitely you know beating on the drums a lot more uh you know frivolously than marty was kind of going going at it uh and 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 uh in the haze of these final days you know again you purposely went out of tune with yourselves and each like other way up um, there in falsetto just like throwing yeah. on what, 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 there. We, what, what, we definitely what, did it quickly <laughs> yeah um, do, do, do you hear that when you hear flan singing it because i don't hear that at all it just sounds perfectly that's how flans would put a straight up interpretation on something right mm-hmm. yeah and when i went back and listened to it i completely forgotten that i didn't the, Hoo! <laughs> <laughs> that was great <laughs> Well, who knows? Someday, someday uh, uh, they might be giants might perform it live, and it could be a mix mash of the two that you just had. You know, I can certainly see John coming out there with an accordion. It might be a quiet storm set, um, except it might be a quiet storm set that's punk, like uh, you did it. I, I'd love to hear Flans go. Hoo! <laughs> <laughs> not one of his normal moves. He, he definitely could pull it off, though. I feel like yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so, so again, uh, uh, we, we've heard four tracks from Book uh, in in the live shows. Um, wow! Uh, if, if 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 they listen to these two and <laughs> put them together, they could have a completely different uh, yeah. presentation than what, what's on the CD. That'd Come be on, great, guys. Yeah, have fun with it. I mean, you brought the horns along. Let's hit all those horn tracks. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's that's see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we've reached the point in the show where uh, we must score this song. All right, so you're up first. Uh, zero okay. to ten decimal points if needed. Okay, I can't. Uh, I have to rank this along with the other three biography TMBG songs I mentioned before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're kind of you know putting it up against your other favorite songs. So, I mean, I guess if you want to specifically put it up against those, you could. In in one bucket go two of the songs, uh, and that's uh, James K. Polk and Meet James Ensor. Those those are uh, I mean they're uh, um, they're not identical songs, but they're really up there. They're real cl- crowd pleasers at shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Um, uh, uh, I would give those nine point five. Okay, so then what about Lord's Noon? Well, I have to now bring in Tesla. Tesla does okay. a straight up right. ballad by by Flans. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to give straight up Tesla by uh, by by Flans as uh, you know, not the two four six eight version, the original version. I'm going to give that a seven point five. Okay. Um, and uh, thanks to our discussion today, I'm going to rank uh, Lord Snowden a little higher. I'm going to rank it at an eight. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, uh, I certainly learned a lot from you about what the horns are doing there. That, wow, that's complicated. Um, we got the credits in the physical book. I'll have to go type those into TMBW for a change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look in the back of the the book there and and, and fill those in. I'm oh, sure oh, uh, why uh, nobody uh, had yet. Um, we didn't even have a chance to talk about uh, talk about typography. Oh. Okay. Well, let me score this thing first, and then we can we can do that. 
Yeah, this one, I mean, it's not my favorite song on book, but as, as usual, when I get to an episode and I start delving into it more, I appreciate it more. And knowing more about um, Princess Margaret and Anthony, a.k.a. Lord Snowden, uh, definitely makes me appreciate the lyrics more, for sure. Um, I think, though, I'm going to go on this one. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 6.8 on this one. I always just wished it rocked a little harder. Uh, and I wish those flutes were louder in the mix. But, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm curious. How do you feel about the the other three biographies I named? Um, I love Meet James Ensor. James K. Polk. I mean, I love James K. Polk, and I've performed that at open mic nights and stuff like that. I'd say that's one uh, maybe um, over-listened to it maybe a little too much. I'm trying to think... Um, well, let me see. I have done an episode on that one already, so let me see. Oh, you have to call up your giant I scored. What did I score Polk at? I haven't done Meet James Answer yet, but um, I gave it a 7.1. And we aired that. Yeah, that was a, a couple of years ago. We aired it on June 15th because that's uh, when that's the date that Polk died. <laughs> Alrighty. I, I had that noted here. So I gave that a 7.1. Um, Tesla I've done. And I gave that, I gave a 6.2 to the okay. album cut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so, so, so like me, you think, uh, Lord Snowden is a notch above straight up Tesla. Yes, a notch above Tesla and a notch below Polk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were looking in the book of book there for the uh, uh, the credits. You've got some some thoughts on the typography there? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say overall I'm a big fan of Paul Serre. Um I'm not sure how much you can see of the typography in front of you there. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, 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 I'm a big fan of Paul Serre, uh, outside of They Might Be Giants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the... Uh, the typography here, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a kind of diagonal on the page. I think that diagonalness um, represents <laughs> how Lord Snowden had to cross over between being a commoner to a royal okay. to, uh, to uh, uh, that's, that's, that's my opinion about it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of randomly set off to the left and the right, maybe in a little back and forth wave. Um, that might be charting, you know, the ups and downs of a relationship ending at the bottom of the page. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how much, you know, Paul Sayer was really associating the lyrics with the design. It's hard to say, but I mean, as an artist, I would think he would be at least a little bit putting those yeah, uh, together. You know, it's also possible that Paul Sayer is the reason why the it's misspelled. Yeah, it's it's possible. Yeah, because it's misspelled at the top of that page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn you, Paul! <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. He, he, you know, you, you think you'd look up the guy and spell it right, but um. <laughs> whoops, a doodle. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Before sending off to the presses, oh, a little harder to make a correction on a, a typewriter as well, but you know. Okay, so it is the plug section. Do you have anything that you want to direct the listeners uh, uh, to check out? Um, not not so much uh, music-wise, but uh, 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 at the beginning I, I mentioned my uh, lifelong interest in ham radio. Um, this summer I'm going to Italy as part of the World Radio Sport Team Championship. Uh, wow. That occurs the second weekend of July. 
Um, I've been uh, selected due to my high participation and scores in ham radio contests uh, to go there with mm-hmm. my teammate. Uh, we're going to fly to Italy uh, and compete with 70 other teams of ham radio operators from around the world in a, in a frenzy 24-hour uh, uh, weekend event. Um, so, wow. so, so, so please go look up WRTC 2022. Um, it's run by Italians, so of course the 2022 edition is happening in the summer of 2023. There was a pandemic delay in there too, but um, there's a pandemic delay in there too. But it's also the Italians. And, and how could other ham radio enthusiasts hit you up on your ham radio? How does that even? Can they do that? Well, uh, the, 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 they certainly can. My call sign is N3QE November Three Quebec Echo, uh, and if they're on the air for any contest, I'm going to be there. Um, I'm on the air every weekend. Nice. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm also uh, uh, being published in a ham radio magazine, you know, Dead Dead Tree Media. Um, so I'm the contest columnist for CQ Magazine. Wow. Man, real hot shit in this uh, <laughs> ham radio community. Yep, and, and I also get to go to some They Might Be Giant shows and hang out with the front, show, front row freaks. That's great. <laughs> Now, uh, do you want people to find you on social media? Um, they're welcome to find my Facebook page. Uh, I think it's just Tim Shopa. They can also look up N3QE on Facebook. Okay. Uh, that's, and, uh, that, that's sort of my limit to uh, social media involvement, I'm afraid. Okay. You're not on Twitter or Instagram? Okay. Well, um, I can't figure out how to do those. My kids helped okay. me with Facebook about a decade ago, and I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Oh, no, no worries. I was just wondering because I usually tweet at uh, our picture after this. Uh, it'll, it'll end up on uh, Facebook as well. But yeah, uh, so uh, Tim, thank you for uh, waiting patiently and with a little prodding to to get this episode, uh, uh, you know, moving along. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for increasing my appreciation of this track. Um, I I adore book. Um, I'm not sure I mentioned this. Uh, uh, when, when book came out, I was out uh, listening to it on my phone, like you know, milliseconds after it had been released. And when it came to a synopsis for latecomers, and uh, uh, Linnell did the doodly 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 do, <laughs> I knew he had written that just for me. He had looked deep into my soul <laughs> and written that lyric just for me. You're a big fan of the doodly doos. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of book in general. Uh, it's great that um, I've been to a couple live shows where they perform four tracks off of it, and who knows, maybe they'll do Lord Snowden someday. You lucky East Coasters, I will forever be jealous. Frozen like you. Frozen like you.